growing up, I fondly remember a little banner that hung on my bedroom wall, put there by my parents. It was a cartoon in that sort of minimalist 1970s style that had an elephant hanging by a tiny parachute and at the end of its trunk was a little mouse and they were suspended it seemed in mid-space and they were gazing intently at one another and on the bottom of the banner was a quote from that anonymous desiderata which has been circulating at least in the American context for a few centuries now and the quote was you are a child of the universe no less than the trees and the stars you have a right to be here it was a lovely and profound gift that my parents had placed on my wall and it's funny how seeds like that grow up over the years and are remembered just yesterday I was dropping my kids off at the Y for Daniel's swim class and Mari's playtime and I was getting back on the highway on southbound 101 in Lucas Valley and the traffic as you all know, this time of year, was heavy. And the person ahead of me on the ramp was about to get on, and the person coming in the right-hand lane wanted to let that person on, and the person on the ramp decided, I'm going to slow down and let the person in the right-hand lane get past me, and the person in the right-hand lane thought, I'm going to slow down, let the person on the ramp get on the highway. And so things got slower and slower and slower, these two cars running in parallel. I was on the way to work on my sermon for today, and the first words out of my mouth were, Come on, folks! Which is actually a much more charitable rendition of what I usually say when caught in traffic. So I was grateful for that, but then I had a chuckle. I thought, you know, so much of our lives these days, whether we're planning calendars or looking for a parking space or trying to maintain a place to live in Marin County or looking for work or struggling to keep the work that we have and so on and so forth, so much of it is about not being at the same place at the same time with somebody else. Because we have a word for that. We call that an accident, right? <laughs> Navigating trap. Less than a century ago, a Midwesterner, kind of like me, came to California. His discipline was astronomy. His name was Edwin Hubble. And Hubble came out to Southern California and got in charge of one of the big telescopes down there and decided to undertake a study of particular objects in the sky that were commonly called nebulae at the time. They were little fuzzy hatches. To settle a debate. 
Were these little patches part of our own Milky Way collection of stars? Or were they what some scientists called island universes, far beyond our own galaxy? Hubble, by measuring the light from a particular kind of star called a Cepheid variable, settled the debate and made two remarkable discoveries. The first one was that these were indeed outside our own galaxy, and in fact, they were galaxies of their own, like ours, with billions of stars, each of them. And that blew the lid off the imagination of so many about just how big the cosmos really was. But the second discovery was even more profound, and that is once you got beyond the gravitationally bound galaxies in our own local neighborhood, all of the galaxies were moving away from us, and the further away they were, the faster they were moving. Now we all know this today. It was one of the first big pieces of evidence that led us to the conclusion that at some point in the distant past, in fact, we were all in the same place at the same time. You could say, to paraphrase my grandmother, we are all children of a great cosmic accident. We take it for granted today, the whole notion of the Big Bang and the expansion of the universe, but I think sometimes we forget how profound it is because we did not always believe that we all came from the same place, scientifically. But it tells us that we all have a unified past. We all come from the same source. And in that way, Hubble uncovered an empirical truth about our universe that matched a primordial truth that our tradition and Jewish tradition and a number of other traditions had been teaching for thousands of years. Something that even the authors of Genesis understood, and that is we are all drawn out of the same emptiness and void, out of the same primordial stuff. For that reason, we have a right to be here. But more than that, we belong to each other. Today is Trinity Sunday, a Sunday which preachers across the church love to dread and complain about. Mm -hmm. Because someone has said, more heresy is never preached than on Trinity Sunday. So we're warned. And we're about to read the Nicene Creed, which is sort of a threadbare, well-worn document of faith 
that comes down to us across the millennia. And it just so happens this year that yesterday, the eve of Trinity Sunday, was the commemoration of one of the saints in the calendar, Saint Basil of Caesarea. A saint, a bishop of the fourth century, who waded in his own way into the debates that led to the councils of Nicaea. Yesterday at Grace Cathedral during the ordinations, our bishop spoke about Basil of Caesarea. Basil, or Basil, there was an ongoing debate. And one of the new clergy at the cathedral, who's English, pointed out it definitely was Basil. Because that's how the English say it, you know. <laughs> but Basil pointed out something that I think we can take home with us today. Basil knew that what we think, what we think about the way things are, affects what we do in a profound sense. And his argument that argued for the Trinitarian formulas that are at the center of the Nicene Creed and this understanding that Jesus is as primordial as God is, not just a created being like we are, said something very particular to us as Christian communities. Because if we believe that Jesus was there at the beginning of creation, and if we believe that the Holy Spirit flows from God, as we say every Sunday, we believe that they belong to each other. And that that reality of belonging, that reality of unity, even in the diverse ways God appears to us, is reflected in our reality. It's not that we are created in God's image alone, but that the whole universe is. Because with all of its diversity, it comes from a common source. And for that reason, we belong to each other. And we have a calling to look out for each other. Sometimes, you know, even here in Marin County, the traffic needs to be in the same place at the same time. We are not always in competition. We have a right to be here. And the essence, the substance of our lives, we are reminded each day when we come to this table, belongs to God. And perhaps more profoundly, God belongs to us. This promise 
that Basil was reminding his people in a dusty little town, actually close to Jesus' backyard in the fourth century. Basil died two years before the council at Nicaea finalized the creed that we have. And even though we don't remember his name, his ideas live on in us. As we proclaim a Trinitarian faith this day and come to the table for a reminder that we belong, keep in mind that Jesus has promised to be with us and the Trinity reminds us of that. John takes the beautiful language of this passage at the conclusion of Matthew and spins it out even further. Abide in me, Jesus says in John, as I in you. For you are in me, I am in the Father, the Father and I are one. We belong. You are a child of the universe, no less than the trees and the stars. You have a right to be here. This has been a sermon podcast from the Episcopal Church of Our Savior, Mill Valley, California. We are a growing, welcoming community for those seeking to deepen their relationship with God and to journey in faith with God's people through the breaking of bread and in service to others in Christ's name. You can reach us by phone at 415-388-1907 or visit us online at OurSaviorMV.org. That's O-U-R-S-A-V-I-O-U-R M-V for Mill Valley dot O-R-G. We wish you God's peace, and we hope to greet you in person very soon.